Hello and welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. Joel has come up with the name that we are the famous five. Hey. So, <laughs> who's who? I'll be the dog. Okay. I'd like to be the sexually orientation ambivalent girl, please. That's George. That's her. Okay. I'm going to be Julian as the proud leader of this merry band. I don't remember reading the books. Well, you can either be Dick or Anne. Exactly. No, no, listen with me is Dick. <laughs> well, that's settled, isn't it? I'll be Dick then. So that leaves you as Anne, I'm afraid, Dave. Fair enough. All right. So today we are continuing the discussion that we had, or we started, sort of started to have, um, in the last episode we were all on together. And it's the, the topic title, we have topic titles now, you see, is Is It Still Hot or Not? Basically talking about Kickstarter games. Okay. We like talking about Kickstarter. We do like talking about Kickstarter. If For all its faults, it's a brilliant way of providing podcast material. <laughs> the brilliant way of you making me spend money, Mr. Marshall. How have I made you spend money? Um, let's see. Uh, some very nice um, felt boards. The gaming mats? Yeah. yeah, they're incredibly cheap. They are incredibly cheap, but still. <laughs> the sub-FX mats. Mm-hmm. You should look at them. Three, a three-foot mat, 19 quid shipped in the UK. Yeah, that's mm. pretty good. Okay. What is um, it, felt or... Mouse yeah. material. No, it's felt, it appears to be. It's felt, but the, somehow the pigment is integral to the material oh. itself rather than being painted over the top, so to speak. Yes, so it should never wear. Exactly. Yeah. Only thing that makes me worry about that is how strong they'll be. Well, it's made out of felt, so what are you going to do? Abseil with it? <laughs> You're back? Seriously? I wouldn't advise that. I think the doctor would complain. How, how how strong has it got to be? You're putting it on a table and putting some like cardboard <laughs> buildings on it and some very light models. Well, Not MDF buildings. Yeah. MDF yeah. buildings. Well, all right. MDF buildings from the lovely bendyboards.co.uk. Um, but how strong does it need to be? That's from now. Just, you know... I just remember my Sabutio pitch. That was felt, and that used to sort of all rumple and whatnot. Crease. Stretch. Yeah, but, yeah, but what you do is you need to you need to take a uh, um, the mat and then put it onto something like a bendy board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I'm going to call him on the use of the word rumple. Of <laughs> <laughs> the Bailey? Well, I'm not sure that that's actually a word that you would use to describe something that's wrinkled. Okay, all right, I'm going to do a straw poll now. A straw poll now. When you have an itch, <laughs> do, do you scratch the itch or do you itch the itch? Scratch it. Scratch. Scratch it. Excellent. Matt? Four people are all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is convinced that it's itching. I'm, having, I'm itching music. 
I'm itching me itch. That's what you do. I, oh, that's that's a tingly sensation. It must be a fly on me. I'll just itch that there. See? It makes perfect sense. You're all wrong. However, so Kickstarter's hot, hot or not? Yeah, I think they sort of, um, well, for me, sprang out of the, what I, would, I personally call sort of thought of as the big three yeah, that sort of came out all around the same sort of time. End of last year, start of this year. Okay. Go on, Dave. Well, the first one was Guild Ball, but hopefully everyone will have listened to the episode we recorded and has been released some time ago, maybe. Well, probably yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, as you listen now. Possibly. <laughs> so I think we we probably, well, certainly two-thirds of would probably say that's still hot. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah, no, no, regardless of whether we mm. play it or not, it's definitely a hot game. So I will make the hot noise. Ding! There you go. No, 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 no. No. Oh, oh you push it. Oh! No expense spared. <laughs> you give That's it a, a minute and the little Filipino effect, boy will come up and say, Yes, Master. Yes, Mr. Marshall. <laughs> right, so there you go. So there's a hot, there's a hot noise. Okay. So I think the next one, uh, which preceded Guild Ball, would be Relic Knights. Oh, that's a... I still actually quite like Relic Knights for all its um, issues. Well, issues I personally have with the game, I think, probably better put. But yeah, I still think there's a a good game in there. Uh, I wouldn't actually... I wouldn't disagree with you. I do think that there is a a good game struggling to get out. Mm. Um, And I think a lot of the figures are pretty decent. Mm. Uh, Anything that's not on a 30mm base is pretty good. Some of the stuff that's on 30mm is... God, they're mm. awful. Mm. Yeah, some of the grunts are pretty... They are basic, aren't they? I think that's that's kind to them. They are basic. Yes, they're 1980s sculpts. Mm. Yeah, in a wonderful material. Um, yeah. It's not a game that, that where the figures, the figures were enough to draw me in. There were some nice ones, but not enough to make me want to spend money on the Kickstarter. Yes, yeah, uh, so I was. Things made me change my mind yet. I mean, I I was in the Kickstarter and I had uh, I had two crews, and I've actually moved one onto a local a local gamer. Uh, we still haven't actually played a game. I've actually played mostly at Tainlawn with the guys because I know uh, Comrade and the crew down there they're still pretty keen on the game. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I backed it. I had loads of stuff. I sold loads of stuff. I didn't back uh, it. I bought some stuff because it looked like we were all going to play it, and then nobody played it, so I sold some stuff. Um, it was definitely a flare and burn game locally. You know, it it, it had a it was very bright. People were painting models. I painted models. I traded. Um, away one set of models to get a different set that I once I saw them in the flesh I realised I should have got in the first place um, and then I got rid of them all hmm. I think probably across gaming clubs across the UK that's probably a pretty similar similar feeling although I do know one guy that actually now sort of says that he would say he'd played Relic Knights over War Machine and he was a pretty ardent War Machine player I mean it it, it was it was yeah it just had Issues, I think, and I, I don't think it was helped by the fact that, and I think that this is possibly going to be common thread. Mm. Um, it was just so difficult to get 
models after the Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, the delay was bad enough, but then the fact that yeah, you couldn't get add-on stuff, and yeah. certainly in the UK, I think it was, it's probably been just slightly different in the US. Um, and I don't. Well, yeah, because they don't have to pay yeah. horrendous shipping for ordering direct from Soda Pop. And I don't think they've just been as they haven't, well, as far as I can see, they've not been as out there in the social media and engaging with people. But again, maybe that's a UK US thing. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think. I mean, obviously, there's the well-publicised split between uh, Soda Pop and yeah. Cool Mini to take into account as well. The the Kickstarter delays and the poor communication that we got from that yeah. was just, you know, I. It was just nailing coffins shut. I mean, it's a template of what not to do uh, if you want a Kickstarter. I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I certainly think. And like I say, I wasn't fortunate. I was fortunate not to have backed it at Kickstarter, but it almost felt like the any buzz it would have had upon arrival had already been killed by the delays and the poor communication. And it almost felt like the few games that took place once the stuff landed were almost a perfunctory. Well, I've bought it, so I need to at least try it. And then people tried it, and they were already peed off with it. So I think. That probably added to some of the antipathy towards the the problems also, and the rules. It also doesn't help that I that I think it plays better at bigger points. Yeah, you need to get to the the fifty point level, um, and we're everyone's starting at twenty five, thirty five points. Yeah, and so you're you've got maybe three or four units, and so you're playing with that, and so you're cycling through the same ones over and over again, and the, a lot of the strategy that you get. Yeah. Because the game does have a lot of strategy that you get as you add more points and more units, you just missed out, and so you're going, well, this is there's no there's nothing there's nothing meaty here to get into. Yeah. Um, when I think the, I think I, I do think that there probably is, and I, I it wouldn't surprise me with Relic Knights is if they do solve their distribution problems in the UK so that it's easy to get. Mm-hmm. I could see a community building up around there there are you know diehard players there's pockets um, forming certainly aren't there um there's going to be there's an, a, a relic knights event at dafcon it wouldn't surprise me at all if that was a, an oversubscribed event mm-hmm. um even if it's just the people who've done the kickstarter have got some models in the thing and haven't actually played it yeah going you know i've, I've got the models i'll mm. just rock up and i'll Do play you know, I, I certainly don't thing. regret kickstarting it to be fair um, no, no, I don't. I mean, as I say, I've, I think I've got one set of models left, which was the set that I got for Rebecca's, mm. um, which, you know, they're underco- they're assembled and undercoated, and they're in a box somewhere. Well, I know the company um, are it, talking about uh, there's going to be a, like a second wave or another release. I can't remember when it's coming out. Um, so maybe they'll 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 tinker with some of the issues in the game, and and maybe it will still take off. But certainly. Yeah, and there are. Yeah, I've seen it in more than one online retailer in the UK now. So, I mean, that channel is is sort of open, but yeah, it's certainly not a game that's, that's on my radar for regular play. No, I. You see, I can see there's some new sci-fi games coming out next year, mm-hmm. and I could see myself picking up the odd model from the range to use with those rules. Mm. So I could see myself ending up with some models. Yeah. Um, especially some of the jacks and things, because um, not jacks, the, the relic knights. Relic, the relic knights. Yeah. 
because um, there's some really nice models there. Yeah, and if you, if you, if you don't put on the uh, the manga ladies, it's probably fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, but that game at least does have people playing it. Yeah, and that uh, that I know of. Um, the other one, I don't know anyone who still plays it, to be honest. Which is um, Wrath of Kings. So I, that's one I didn't actually back at all, yeah. and I that's don't know anyone locally that did. That's when I saw that got a lot of press and had some very nice models, and you guys got into it, and some of the other MyFo community down south got into it. No one around me did. I, I liked some of the models that I saw come out, um, but then it all went very quiet very quickly. Um, just lack of ability to get anything. Again, what was said before, the games we were playing were so small that they were dominated by <clears throat> almost a certain faction at one point, and you needed bigger games to sort of take that edge out. Yeah. That's how it felt when I played the few games. Maybe this is where a skirmish game like Guild Ball seemed to have the advantage. We were only needing a few models, and they're all coming out at once. Yeah. They just didn't run into this problem the other two did. I wonder mm. also if it's just the sheer amount of stuff that you get in the Kickstarter, you feel a bit overwhelmed when it lands on your, your doorstep. But, I mean, if you if you think what... I mean, because I didn't back it on Kickstarter, but I managed to get starter sets, and I got bought someone's... the models that they didn't need, that they got from a basic... from just in the basic sort of pledge, and they had twice as much as you needed for the basic game, not for the starter, but the middle game. Mm-hmm. But they were exactly the same models twice, if that makes sense. So they just got so much stuff that they could sell half of what they needed and still have everything they needed. But they only had one or two of the specialist things. So what, I mean, you know, so there was certain stuff that you just couldn't get hold of for love and money. And that was the stuff that seemed to do well. Yeah, it. You did get a boatload of stuff that you didn't need, it, you know, even playing at the high points levels. I mean, you played it, Mike, didn't you, for, for a bit? Oh, no, I did, yes. I have a fully built, fully based, I have enough undercoated models to play the largest scale game that you can play. Um, for me, I, I really wanted it to work because I do like the models. Um, I like the background of the game. For me, though, the game had a f- had f- some fundamental problems. Okay. Um, the main the main one being that if your opponent can roll tens and you can't, then you'll lose. Yeah. And there are certain forces in there, like the Hadros, that you have to roll lots, isn't there? Yeah, to, to get them, you know, they've got ways of mucking you up. Yeah, I, mean, I only played a couple of games, um, and it was pretty evident early on that any pretense might be a little strong word, but any any real um, attempt at kind of strategy, it was still uh, smash units into each other and throw a buttload of dice, and you need to roll some high dice. There didn't seem a lot else going on other than that. Yeah, and there's and I I mean I've, we've talked about it on the show before. There's because it's it's a I move my I move my unit in. I hope no one just died there. No, just me. Sorry. 
I move my unit in and then I roll my dice. And then you take mod then my opponent takes models off. There's no there's nothing that the opponent can do if you when when you when you're rolling dice other than you There's no inter, there's no interaction between the two players at that point. The okay. only thing is 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 like certain abilities turn around and say right I cancel that. So I cancel that eight, or but then you can say right. Well, with my ability, I move that eight to seven, so I still get you. And mm. so it, it seems to be that there are certain units which are ideal at taking out that. Not necessarily against every army, but yeah, it was it was it was sort of rock paper scissors, but it was rock paper scissors that if you could roll tens, then um, it trumped everything. Yeah. Okay. And that and that. So we played we played several smaller games and then I played a big doubles game um, at uh, Tabletop Nation. We had a little gaming thing and I played a big tabletop game and I was playing it and I'm sitting there going, I would rather be sticking pins in my eyes. <laughs> okay. That, that's not um, good. And so, um, you know... It hasn't come out of the box yet. I'm keeping the mod. I'm keeping the models. I'm not flogging the models off. Well, a you can't flog the models off because there's no buyers for them. Um, but I'm keeping. I'm keeping the models because they are nice, and there's some nice werewolves and things that mm. I can use in other other games. And there's always a. Is the company still talking about the game, or has it all gone very quiet? For the no, no, they're still talking. Yeah. They're still talking about it. You see, this is part. It's it's one of the the cool mini or not games that they're going to push. Okay. Yeah, there's talk um, of there's new a, models and stuff like that coming. Yeah, there's a wave two coming. There's um, non Kickstarter as well, isn't it? Uh, Unkickstarted, a wow. new force book. Um, big. There was a. I saw a preview the other day of this new big werewolf war engine type thing. Um, it's tied in with whatever cool mini or nots press ganger type program is I can't remember what they're called. So is this another game you think that's that's bigger in the US than it is here then? Um the Facebook group activity would suggest no. As okay. I say, I don't see it talked about a great deal. Yeah, there are there are two mate there are two, there appear, I mean certainly there's a UK Facebook book group and there's a US Facebook group mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of activity on either of them, to be honest. Mm. Um but the other thing that killed it here again was distribution problems. Mm. Yeah, if people can't get the shinies, they're going to just move on to something where they can. Yeah, spend their spend them. You know, if, you, if a hobby gamer gets some some dollars in the pocket, they want to spend the hobby dollars. They'll find something to spend it on, not wait for models they can't get. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely more people playing it in the states than there is here, and there are organised events. Um, being played in the States. There's been a few in the UK as well. I think they've had a 12-man tournament and a couple of other... Yeah, right, I thought only about four people turned up. All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, I think the game itself is crying out for a second edition where they release new stuff, you've got old models with new rules, and it just needs it needs to be tied in with when you release stuff. That's and it needs that- tweaking. That's very early in the girls' game's life cycle, so it's almost as though they, you, you've played the beta version. Yeah, that's how it feels. 
Okay. It's just... Were the rules ever out there early for you to play before, while they were carrying yes. on? With... Okay. Yes, yeah, so there was a, an extensive beta testing program. Uh, a lot of stuff got um, uh, tweaked and the cards were getting tweaked. Mm-hmm. and So much so that the cards you got, some of the people got cards which weren't right or... But no, the book was wrong to the um the book was the wrong cards. compared to the cards. Yeah, that that happens though. That's just yeah. Oh, but it's at least they they'd stood up and said no. We've got that wrong. We've we've changed yeah. this. The books the the fluffs in the books is fine, but the stats are wrong. Yeah. Any reprints will be right. Yeah. And I think there is actually something on the front of the book so you can tell if it's the right one or not. Okay. Um, from what I played of it, because I mean we played four or five times, Mike. Yeah. Um. It just felt that once you'd engaged, it was a dice off, like as Mike said. But it also felt that there were, it was just lacking because it's whether it's getting used to games, you know, where you are, you're interacting with your opponent, stuff's changing. You know, you've got to deal with this, you've got to deal with this. I get my throw, you get your throw. Right, where you know I lost, you win. Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't seem to be there. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like a very classical uh, design for a game, and there's not many games that are coming out with that sort of type of of rules now, are there? Casually reminds me of the sort of uh, Lord of the Rings game that GW came out with before yeah. War of the Ring. Yeah, the or, one. That, yeah, for yeah. a six issue card. That was okay. Yeah, but didn't. I mean. It, I... There are some really nice things in Wrath of the Kings. The card, the the mecha, the mechanism for determining what sort of hit you do, and the fact that that's all built onto the card, is very is very interesting. Um, but I think there are balance issues with that sort of track. Mm-hmm. Um, that just you know the what the. The total amount of people playing it was just, you know, a small number of people. You look at the the forums that were beta testing, and it was very few people playing it. Yeah. And so you're sort of developing in a vacuum almost. Mm. Um, but I I don't see that one coming back to be on recovering. To be honest, certainly I don't. I, it's not in stores now again, is it? I mean. In theory, the no. game has been out long enough that any initial sort of stockage issue should be resolved. You'd have thought if it was going to be a big retail game. Yeah, um, um, I think Element were, from what I saw on uh, Element, were getting ready to stock it, or they were in talks with Element to stock it. Mm-hmm. And if Element had got it, you'd probably end up see it in the other biggish. And I don't yeah. mean just because Element's got it, but if they've got access to get it, yeah. Mm. You'll start to yeah, see it's... other companies then, won't you? Who's the distributor in the UK? Um, EBS, I think. EBS Hobbies. But I guess if there's no sort of you no know, call for it, people aren't going to shell out for it, are they? No, you know, you know, you, like you literally, you know, you can't give it away yeah. um, on eBay. And stuff. I don't, on it was certainly on the Facebook groups. I haven't looked. At, I haven't looked at it on eBay um, for a while what, what sort of things does it go for on eBay these days Wrath of Kings um, someone selling off individual models for 
couple of quid each. Mm. I mean, most... I think I spent 80 quid in total. And I've got two of the small starter, you know, the very small forces to get started, starter games in. And then I've got a decent sized Hadros force. So if I can get all of that for 80 quid when it first came out, you know, it's not an expensive game to get into. But I was never able to pick up a lot of the specialist stuff for it. Because you know, that's what did go for money. Mm. There's a lot of stuff from the same seller. Um, effectively retailing it. Yeah. Um, and then... Not a lot else. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot else. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but that one, I think, was a success in the UK compared with um, something like uh, what that what was that cowboy one called? Wild, Wild West, West Exodus. 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 That's it. It didn't go anywhere, did it? I've not Go seen it. I've I not quite like look at some play. of the models. Some of them were pretty, yeah, but that's it. Which is strange. It was terrible. Okay, I mean, I, I didn't even look at that because I was never going to do it, but because it was in and around the time when you know the Kickstarter miniature games was big and everyone was pledging, it just yeah, nobody well, seemed to in the UK. It was Conrad. Conrad. Conrad pointed me in the direction of it, mm-hmm. um, and I was pretty interested in it at the time. Uh, then I found out who was behind it, and for my personal reasons, that was I was not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it hit around the time that Marifor was changing editions. Yes, and, it did. Um, it attracted a lot of people who were worried or disenchanted or unsure about which way Marifor would go. Uh, and a lot of people jumped into it that way. Um, and maybe didn't find what they were looking for, perhaps. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the models are hips. So it should go. They're slightly bigger, yeah, it's... and they are slight. They are slightly bigger when you see them. Um, I don't know. I've only ever seen the foot troops. I've never seen the big machines and things in play. <laughs> but I think it's. I think the story of it is telling when you look at the Kickstarters. Yeah, so they've done two. Now the first one had over a thousand. Had a thousand people who pledged three hundred and thirty grand. It's pretty impressive, yeah. Mm. Um, the second one w- had about two thirds that amount of people. Um, let me just find it. Wild West XO Dust. Um, yeah, so the unfinished business one, which is which was the second Kickstarter, had six hundred ninety-three backers. Who pledged one hundred and seventy-eight thousand? So it's still money, mm. mm-hmm. but you know, it's your it's your second wave. It's your here you go, let's go, and um, you'll get you're doing sort of half the amount of money that you were doing before. A third, no, a third of the money you you did before. So something went. Mm. wrong with it um, I know that like you said Joe a lot of the people were um, a lot of the people who were talking long and hard about it were 
um, people who are disillusioned with uh, Malifaux Second Edition um, for whatever reason. Uh, but I saw it played. There was a tournament at um, Adepticon last year that was played in one of the small rooms. I don't know, there were probably 10 people there or something okay. playing it. And then that's it. I never heard of anything else again. Um, friend of the show, Dawn, her husband, Paul, and her played it for a little while. Uh, but then I don't think they play it anymore. No. I've certainly not seen them play it. I heard oh. plenty from them at um, Gen Con about it. And uh, it was a general feeling of disenchantment with how the rules were. And certain right. things seem to be overpowered or revised so many times that things have then changed and they still weren't missing into people's feedback. It was odd. But basically, mm. they're for, definitely falling out with it. Mm. No, it's just odd that that one never really seemed to, to come at all to the UK. And I've not seen anyone talk about it. Well, I I did wonder whether it was the theme... Yeah. Are we, you know, the whole cowboy type thing? There are many, many years ago. I played a card game, collectible card game called Doomtown, that was in around that. You know, it was wild, you know, weird west, and and that that played pretty well, and people were playing it. I don't think it's particularly the theme. Oh, I was I was just wondering whether the theme here, yeah, maybe if it's not a theme that resonates with British gamers in the same way that, um, you know, uh. Victorian sci-fi stuff doesn't tend to resonate mm. with Americans because they don't have that London with the smog mm. type. I guess not. Type background. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you know, if you look at something like um, uh, the inf- infamy stuff, or um, even the twisted stuff that they're producing out of Australia. Mm. I mean that that seems to have appeal across the board, but maybe that's the models rather than the um, theming of it. So I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, as I say, I didn't. I didn't touch it because of who was involved. I don't think there was a certain uh, number of people that did that. But yeah, it was just it, just, it was one of those strange ones. You think because it was all around the same sort of time, and this one didn't seem to get anywhere near the buzz that the others did. Yeah, but I mean. The amount of successful miniature games... I mean, is Guild Ball the only miniature game that's been a success that's launched off Kickstarter? I would be tempted to say that's, that, that's gone on and as the, the company is sort of moving on and is looks sustainable, yeah. To me, I think it probably is. What about Mantic? Mantic would, would be for Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah, but a lot of their stuff came through Kickstarter. Dread Ball and... Because there's still a game that's played. It's gone through many seasons. I can't, I can't. It's dying, I think. I've not seen it played at the local shop. They used to have tournaments. I was going to say, can you... Uh, I'm not sure... I think Mantic could... I mean, there could be an episode about Mantic all on their own. Um, but we'd have to do it about GW first so we could copy it. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it... It'd have to be shorter. Yeah. Are the, are the games a success? Um, well, it's, I know that they're still played the Aftermath, but that's only because you've got Leon pushing it forwards. 
I'd... Yeah, but then you have a big a a big mantic guy, you know, one of their their main pathfinders um who's been on the show Liam who, you know, just dumped the pretty much everything that he had of it. Yeah. And good at being a pathfinder. No, I mean, you know, their new their latest Kickstarter is doing gangbusters again. Um, you know, but it's a reboot of something that they've already done. So they're copying oh. themselves now. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are going to copy did. Age of Sigma, are they? They're not that dumb. Mars Attacks was a copy of Dead Zone, Dread, whatever it was, the sci-fi game. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're on to War. They're doing so. The War, the Warpath Kickstarter again. It's doing gangbusters for them. Two hundred eight thousand. I mean, the, their whole pile them high, sell them cheap methodology. Hmm. It's keep- certainly works for them for getting the influx of cash. I mean, I do you think they're a company that su- survives by Kickstarter now? Though? I think they are successful mm-hmm. business, but not successful games. Um, it's just making money. Well, we don't. I don't know that it is making money. Well, but then I mean, the mongoose is, an, you know, another one that parallels that. You know, they're a business, but look at what they've had and what's happened with it. The amount of di- different games. I mean, I know it's slightly off-topic because they're not a Kickstarter, but I guess there's a it, again, that's a whole episode in itself about an ethos. Is the ethos of the business to make be a successful business and make money? Or make games with longevity. There's still only one company that's actually really done that, isn't there? As much as we hate to give them props. Mm. And their stated aim is to make models. Yep. Yep. Not games. They make models and they make money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think there are... I think there are probably several companies that exist at the moment that uh, exist by you know, using Kickstarters yeah. to just keep their cash flow going. It's interesting, isn't it? Because Weird is probably one of the last kind of that, that miniature company that's made it, that was pre-Kickstarter that's made it and has continued to go. Uh, Spartan yeah. as well, I guess, although I haven't looked at their mm. stuff for a long time. Everyone else has kind of tried to go down the Kickstarter route, and it's going to be interesting to see the f- if, I mean, certainly Guild seem to be the company that's made that step out, and they're going to be sustainable. It's whether the others actually make that step. Mm. I think it's because of the success that Guild had, though. They've got the ability to do it, haven't they? I think so, uh, yeah. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't know enough about the Guild st- uh, Wave 2 stuff coming in, but it doesn't seem like they're you have to have this to carry on. These are more bits that add to your existing stuff. Yeah, it's, it's there more is options brand, what you've yeah. got. Hmm. So I don't think that would kickstart well anyway. No. Yeah. But I think what they've done is they've, you know, they've done what they said when it, that they wanted to kickstart to start with and they didn't want to kickstart again. Yeah. They wanted to be in that position that they could hmm. get on and do it. You know, and they've been... But then, it, well. then it's not for those for them after that initial Kickstarter. It's not just as Mike said a method of maintaining a cash flow situation. The Kickstarter was great; it got them out there, it got them established. The game is as established, you know, as you could hope, given the the bigger companies that have failed. 
So if you've got a loyal fan base, is it right to make them have to go through a Kickstarter again? Well, I think they also do something very sensible when they they've got the Steamforge games going. Yeah. By joining up with you know, what is a major distributor in the mm. UK, uh, effectively with Element, um, that that kind of meant they did they weren't going it alone so much, and, and having all that the, the basis of getting the models out there through reliable channels is something that would then would then help them, and they didn't try and overdo what was in that initial Kickstarter. There wasn't you know three million types of models. Mm. Um, and here's enough plastic to bury yourself under. You know, or metal yeah, in that case. I mean, if you look at Mantic's accounts, they have 380, their shareholder funds are £318,757, up from £151,723 in 2012. That was in 2013. They didn't even know they were public. They're not. They're a limited company. Okay. But you can still look mm. them up for free. That's a pretty, pretty, pretty big increase, then. Yeah, so, but they've got a lot of money. They had a lot of money. I mean, this is 2013, so, um, you know, they're probably due another set of accounts pretty soon. Um, but everything looks healthy. I mean, they owe a lot of money to the directors, right. um, to Ronnie Dunn and Prentice. I don't know who Dunn and Prentice are, but Ronnie Renton um, obviously invested a lot of cash in it to keep it, to start it up. Mm. Um but yeah, so you because you can look at the you know you can look at their accounts. Mm. Um, though it's interesting that Ronnie's not a officer of the company anymore. But is that financial increase because uh, I don't know? I guess it's, it almost becomes a circular argument. Is the financial increase just because of the money that's been generated from Kickstarter? I don't know. You as don't opposed to an increase in its customer base per se, you know, the great... where you were in that cycle, wouldn't you? Of is that yeah. just have they just had the the Kickstarter just finished when the, their accounts are reported? Then they should be cash rich. But if it was like just before the next one's going to finish, and they've paid out everything, they'd be cash poor. You would think if they're using the Kickstarter model, that's but, how I would but, see the business go. Yeah, but to use uh, again to to compare it against Guildhall, Guildhall has grown beyond the people that just backed the Kickstarter, oh, yeah. whereas the other games we've spoken about haven't, and to a degree have died even among even amongst those that backed the Kickstarter. And to a degree, I think that's potentially true of Mantic as well now, is, you know, beyond those that have kick-started, who else is buying Mantic stuff? It doesn't seem to be a growing player base. You know, it's not a, a growing company. It's not something that seems to be developing I think, a community well, I think, that I is, think the that's broadening. I think the interesting thing will be to see where it is next year with regards Kings of War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how many people edition. Edition. If you yeah. if you if you well no, nothing to do with the fact the second edition. I mean that's irrelevant. in my mind the if you see people having the old Warhammer community mm. playing Kings of War, the rank and file ones. Yeah, the rank and yes. file guys. Yeah. I mean then that's the market they should be chasing now, isn't it? I mean, it's and it certainly is the market. I mean, you know, the game of massed fantasy battles. Yes. Yeah. Um, but certainly, if I look at reports on things like TWF and stuff, um, 
the influential players of Warhammer have moved on to Age of Sigma. Mm-hmm. You know, the the big po- the big podcasters, certainly in the UK, have all moved on to playing Age of Sigma and are, in, and are loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tournaments seem to be still playing 8th edition at the moment. I mean, there's been some Age of Sigma tournaments. So. But... I haven't seen a massive uptake of Kings of War tournaments. No. There was a lot of discussion about, yeah, we'll go and play Kings of War, and people picked the room, and then people the reports that you know would come across Twitter going, it's a bit boring, isn't it? Hmm. It's a bit bland. So second edition hasn't fixed it then? No. Well, I, I no, look, I'm biting my lip. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Well, no, it would just be ranting about the author of second edition. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, you know, Mantica, Mantica are an, inter- an interesting one. I don't. I think. I think that you're probably right, Matt. I think that they probably are sustained by the Kickstarters, and the, it's the same names that go to the Kickstarters. So, I bet if I, I bet if we sat and we looked through the comments on the Kickstarters, you go. It would be full of the uh, "see you back again" type commentary, you know, as if it's it's that's the scene. Mm. I'd definitely rather stick pins in my eyes and do that. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> suggesting that we do do that, <laughs> but uh, I think that that's you know could well be what they are, and I think there's certainly other companies out there that are currently existing in that sort of model. Mm. Um, that you've got the same core fan base who are buying into those things. I mean, it went, you know, zombie side Kickstarters are the same. Yeah. It's the same people, you know, a lot of the same people are buying all the zombie side stuff. Um, and you see it on the cool mini or not, you know, all the cool mini or not Kickstarters, these new big box games that they're doing. Um, it's the cool mini or not fans. Yeah. But they're not really, I mean, that's the, that's just a massive pre-order game now for cool mini. Oh, it is. It is is completely and utterly. And, you know, I know this intellectually and I still get sucked into it. (laughs) I think you know that, you know, the zombie side, the amount you get from that Kickstarter, if you're going to want to play the game, you're pretty mad to, I still think, I mean, people do buy it retail, I've seen it sold, but, I still think you're probably mad. You just wait for the next Kickstarter and get in jumping at that point. Yeah. Yeah, you do get a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably about it. Oh, I thought so. Yeah. That went for ages. It has gone for quite a long time, yeah. 42 minutes, 59 seconds. What we like. Right. <laughs> well, then. Uh, I've been Mike. I've, I've been, been Matt. <laughs> I've been Dave. And I've been Joel. Bye. See ya. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter. We're at Fools Underbar Daily. Or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs>